Oh, can you feel it? The anticipation building at Molson Stadium in downtown Montreal for the Tiger Cats and Alouettes. This is the Tiger Cats pregame presented by Journey Rewards on the Tiger Cats Audio Network. Hey, Tiger Cats fans, it is time to ride on our strength. From now until October 13th, purchase four eligible Hercules passenger or light truck tires to receive a $100 Tiger Cats rewards card and be entered is win our road trip sweet stakes. Uh, available at participating active in Green and Ross, Ontario locations, or visit HerculesTire.com slash AGR Rewards. Stepping up for his regular, informative, and always entertaining segment, one-time Tiger Cats assistant and offensive line coach, 1986 Great Cup winner, he is John Salavandis with his pregame salutations. Sal, thanks for checking in. Wow, what a what an introduction! Thank you, Bubba. Well, you did all that. These are things you did. <laughs> Need to be recognized. I appreciate that. You know, for Hamilton, this is a business trip with uh, some serious implications. And Mike said it earlier. This is a four point game, but it's also a chance to uh, win the three game series versus uh, Montreal. And last week, Montreal. Uh, against Winnipeg, they had five sacks versus Zach Calaris uh, against arguably the best O-line in the CFL and against the most elusive quarterback in the CFL. So this is going to be one of those games where I think the offense really needs to step up uh, and do a, a great job. You know, with, with the three players on defense being changed, the two corners plus the uh, – Will linebacker, I, I think it goes to the offense to control the ball and control the clock. Yeah, and coach, what do you think that they do to try to slow down that Montreal D line? Because you're absolutely right; it's it stood out so much in that Winnipeg game with Montreal that their D line was completely taken over the game. So, what game plan wise, what do you think they try to do to slow them down? Well, you know, since Noel Thorpe has taken over as a defensive uh, coordinator. For Montreal, they've changed their defense uh, measurably. And what you saw in the Winnipeg game uh, was some uh, weak halfback blitzes that, that really paid some dividends. Uh, the uh, Sutton kid mm-hmm. who plays a weak halfback, I think he had uh, in that game alone, he had uh, like two sacks. He had a forced fumble. He had a knockdown. Uh, you know, it's going to be one of those things where you've got to be alert for all your hot reads to that weak side of the field uh, if they continue to bring that. The other thing that Thorpe did, the D coordinator, was he moved the Moore kid from inside to outside. He put him at defensive end, and Moore responded uh, favorably with uh, two sacks. So to me, you know, I think this game comes down to uh, what you do on first down, and and good first down production. The, the Cats average 6.3 on first down, so they've got that one locked up uh, in pretty good shape. It's second down conversions where they're only 41% uh, that's going to make the difference, uh, I think, to keep those chains moving. Let's keep talking about this this offensive for the Tiger Cats. And for the fourth consecutive game, it's Fontana at center, Ravenberg and Woodsmanzi at the guards, along with Vorkdahl and Kelly at tackles. And now, they've allowed just three sacks in those four games. We were really concerned about that O-line in the early season. Are you impressed, Coach? 
Very impressed. And, and you know, you no longer need a program to know who's playing in the O-line. <laughs> and, and, and that's the important thing. Uh, you know, those guys have uh, cemented their positions, and they're playing extremely well together. Uh, the one thing that I think uh, showed up in the last game, and it was uh, with uh, Erlington's touchdown, the great blocking they had uh, on that particular play. So to me, you know, with that kind of line play uh, between Jackson and Erlington, uh, those two guys need uh, about 20 touches in this ball game uh, to make things work well uh, for Schultz and, and the offensive uh, scheme. Yeah, and Coach, Bob and I were just talking about this. With Dane dressing as the third-string quarterback, do you think that, you know, does he come in at all? Is this a is it a hoax at this point that they have him on the, the roster? Or is this we might end up seeing Dane even if he's, you know, a little bit banged up? To me, uh, Mike, you never dress a player that you do not expect to play. If, if you dress someone, you're expecting him to play. So having said that, the other part of the equation is this. They sure, certainly want uh, Dane Evans on the sideline where he can talk with Schultz. It may come down to the fact that they're not sure that Newman uh, can handle the passing game. They know he can do the run game for them. Uh, they may wonder whether or not he can handle the pass game. Interesting, yeah, because... What we saw last game was Newman coming in, and I actually thought he did a really good job, and, and Tommy did a good job at giving him, you know, those run plays and those quarterback design run plays and the jet sweeps and stuff like that. But you're, so what you're saying is they've kind of used up that package and they just don't want him to come back in, essentially. Well, basically, I think they, you know, Montreal knows what Newman's going to do when he comes into the ball game. It's still a matter of whether or not they can stop him uh, at that point. Now, we don't know the extent of Dane Evans' injury. So all of this is speculation uh, until uh, he actually gets on the field and we see him throw the football. Here's something else to consider is that Schultz didn't play the third quarter, the entire third quarter of the Ticats' last game against the Argonauts. So how healthy is Matty Schultz? There you go, Bubba. You, you hit it right on the head. You know, he came out at, at the uh, second beginning of the second half, went to the sideline, and, and the uh, doctors and, and uh, medical staff talked with him, and they went back in the locker room and didn't come back out until late uh, in that third quarter uh, to begin play again in the fourth. So we don't know what's happened to Schultz, and, and of course that's going to be a guarded secret. You don't want to... Uh, the enemy to know, uh, you know, how, how hurt or unhurt he might be. Yeah, and Coach, moving over to the defensive side, you know, I've always said that the offensive line and the defensive backfield is very similar in the sense that communication is absolutely key and that you can play so well all game, but one mistake is such a catastrophic uh, error. And with two new corners back there, do you see that as a an issue or is it because of who they have back there you know, you're, you're kind of okay with it and, and think it'll go well. You know, Mike, you're more informed and, and probably better uh, able to answer that question than I am. You've been back there where you've had to uh, coordinate uh, all of the calls in, in the secondary. You know, it's important that those guys uh, play as a unit, as you're well uh, saying, 
But uh, because Lawrence and Brooks have played together before, uh, I think that side uh, seems to be okay. When you look at Darby, uh, you know, Darby is an athlete. So you're, you're basically saying we're going to play a good athlete in uh, Shante Evans' uh, spot and, and hope everything works out. Wilson showed that he can play that uh, Will linebacker. Uh, he doesn't have the experience of Simone Lawrence, but uh, certainly has the speed and quickness to play that spot. It appears to me that they are dressing nine guys up front on that defensive line, uh, Coach. And I'll tell you, who's really impressing me, and that's Mika Johnson. Like, I mean, they brought him in, and I thought maybe, I was like, boy, this guy's off to a real slow start this season. And I know he's an older body, but he is really getting a good push up the middle uh, along with Dylan Wynn. Yeah, you know, uh, Dylan Wynn, the, the old uh, chopping wood uh, guy, uh, he's, uh, he's got Johnson playing better. Uh, you know, he's not afraid to get in Johnson's ear and, and tell him even as a veteran player, you know, we need you in there. And of course you can't forget about the uh, rotation they get with Laurent, uh, being able to come in. Now Mason Bennett, uh, is in a backup position to, uh, uh, Carney on that one side and Hauser on the other side. That's a pretty good defensive line right now. And, and as you say, the pressure in the middle, especially against a quarterback like Harris, will will be very uh, key to this uh, pass rush. They need desperately to get the push right in his face and force him to move right or left. Yeah, and with this Montreal offense, moving over to that, is is there really anything that makes you nervous about this Montreal offense, or is that just kind of one of those things where, while well, we know that they're not doing so well and they're struggling – and just kind of keep them that way. Well, you know, uh, in that game uh, against Winnipeg, I thought Harris managed the game very well. He was like 18 to 27, 213 yards. He had no TDs, but he also had no interceptions. And he was only sacked once. So, and, and that's against what, again, we would regard as probably the premier defensive line uh, in the CFL. So, I, it goes back to uh, maybe the quarterback uh, on the sideline making the play calls. Uh, he might want to push that ball deep uh, against this new secondary and see what he can get. His pregame salutations are a staple of this program, and as always, we appreciate your insight and time. Coach Sal, thanks for joining us. You're more than welcome, Bubba. Mike, we'll talk to you soon. 